How is it possible that it's already August? We hope you are enjoying your summer. Back by popular demand is our AirPods Pro giveaway. Members who successfully answer our bonus content quiz will be entered for a chance to win a pair of AirPods Pro. To participate, you must have access to the bonus sections of the podcasts, which you get by becoming a member. Members also receive an ad-free listening experience, an evening newsletter, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, and more. Best of all, if you become a member in the month of August, you'll receive 50% off the normal membership price. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code BONUSCONTENT, one word, at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code Bonus content. Thank you for your support. It's August 17th, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Chris Cotnor. And I'm Riley Fessler. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. The chief of Maui's emergency management defended the decision not to activate sirens during a recent deadly wildfire, which killed at least 110 people and destroyed numerous buildings. Herman Andaya stated that the sirens are primarily used for tsunami alerts, and their activation during the fire might have led people toward danger rather than safety. Instead, Maui relied on text messages and emergency broadcasts to alert residents. Hawaii's Governor Josh Green supported the decision and emphasized a comprehensive review of the emergency response for future improvements. U.S. President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden are set to visit the disaster area while efforts to identify remains continue with cadaver dogs leading search teams. Stories of survivors like Lori Allen, who was severely burned while escaping, have emerged. The situation has sparked public outrage with tourists enjoying the beaches while rescue efforts continue. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, who recently secured an indictment against former President Donald Trump and 18 co-defendants, has proposed a trial start date of March 4th in Atlanta. This timing is notable as it falls just before Super Tuesday, a crucial day for Republican primary elections with the most delegates up for grabs. The indictment accuses the defendants of various crimes related to a purported scheme to maintain Trump's hold on power following his 2020 election loss to Joe Biden. Willis also suggests that arraignments for the defendants take place around the week of September 5th, with a deadline set for August 25th for them to turn themselves in. The defendants might also explore shifting the case to federal court, a possibility complicated by pretrial motions and hearings. Trump faces multiple legal challenges across different jurisdictions, including the upcoming March trial in New York on state charges and a May federal trial involving classified documents. The expansive Georgia indictment, using racketeering laws, alleges Trump and others engaged in a conspiracy to retain his presidency. The U.S. is set to enhance relations with key Asian allies in response to China's increasing assertiveness and North Korea's nuclear threat. President Joe Biden plans to announce new collaborations on missile defense and technology during a summit with the leaders of Japan and South Korea. 
This standalone summit signifies improved ties between the two Asian nations, which were previously marred by historical disputes. The thaw in relations comes as the U.S. seeks a united front against Chinese military actions and North Korea arms development. China opposes the summit, while U.S. officials expect a new era of trilateral cooperation with Japan and South Korea on various global issues. The summit's focus includes North Korea and broader regional stability. In other news, a last-minute agreement has been reached in Spain regarding control of the Spanish parliament's main administrative body, boosting socialist Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez's position and reducing the likelihood of an election repeat. The Catalan separatist Junts party pledged support to the socialist candidate for the presidency of the parliament's bureau, securing the deal just before the new legislative session began. This deal is crucial for Sanchez, who aims to maintain power in the aftermath of inconclusive national elections. Junts' support holds significance as the left-wing and right-wing blocs in the parliament are evenly split and their support is necessary for key leadership appointments and forming a government. Junts' support was gained through concessions related to promoting the Catalan language in Parliament and investigating surveillance of separatists, while not addressing the controversial issues of amnesty and a new independence referendum. Although Sanchez's position has improved, he still lacks the necessary numbers to form a government, and uncertainties remain about his ability to govern effectively. As the Afghan Taliban marked two years of control over Afghanistan on August 15th, tensions between them and their ally and neighbor Pakistan are escalating. Pakistan accuses Afghanistan of not doing enough to prevent armed groups from crossing the border and conducting deadly attacks within Pakistan's tribal region. This comes despite the 2020 Doha peace agreement between the Taliban and the United States which aim to prevent such activities. The Taliban denies the allegations and insists they do not support attacks on Pakistan. The strained relationship is exacerbated by Pakistan's increasing attacks by groups like Tariq-e-Taliban Pakistan within its territory. Efforts to address the situation through high-level talks have not curbed the violence and both countries are facing challenges in managing their relationship amid growing security concerns. Pakistan is re-engaging with the United States to address regional security threats, while the Afghan Taliban's ability to control groups like ISKP within Afghanistan remains a question. A boat carrying migrants off the coast of Cape Verde in West Africa has led to more than 60 feared dead, while 38 survivors, including children, were rescued on the island of Sal. The boat, which had been at sea for over a month, likely originated from Senegal, and it was initially believed to have sunk before being found adrift. Senegal's fishing village of Fasboy reported that the boat had left with 101 people on board. The survivors, including four children, were found in deteriorating health and are being cared for on Sal. Cape Verde officials have urged global cooperation to address migration and prevent further tragedies. The incident highlights the dangers of irregular migration in the region, driven by factors such as poverty, instability, and the aspiration for a better life. In lighter news, a New Jersey town experienced a lengthy power outage 
when a bird of prey dropped a fish onto a transformer, causing it to explode. Crews from Jersey Central Power and Light found the fish had landed on the transformer during their restoration efforts. The incident was humorously detailed by the Sayreville Police Department in a Facebook post, which included a sketch of the bird suspect and a tongue-in-cheek tribute to the fish named Gilligan. The police department mentioned that the bird was last seen flying south and urged people not to approach it, jokingly stating that if anyone had information, they should contact Detective John Silver, who handles fish cases. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief. If you'd like more in-depth analysis of these issues, along with our sources for today's episode, be sure to follow the links in the show notes and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief. <laughs>